Hello, everybody. This is Haley Crusher Kane with another episode of Sparkle and Destroy podcast. This is episode 11. Um, this episode is called Ask for What You Want, but there is so much more to this episode. Uh, we're also going to talk about some practical tools that I use for booking, networking, uh, just basically creating my art and getting it out into the world and connecting with other artists. Um, I know that a lot of you have enjoyed listening to some of the behind the scenes footage and just like bloopers and <laughs> all that stuff. Um, uh, behind the scenes with um, some of our songs, some of our Haley and the Crusher songs, and that's been so fun to do. But I feel like I kind of oscillate between wanting to throw my music out into the world and just be vulnerable and share that with you guys, and then the other part of me wants to share what I've learned and just like help and be somebody, be a friend, be somebody who can share the little bit of knowledge that I have in this industry um, and just as a person, as a human being, trying to do well, not trying to do, doing art on a daily basis and having, you know, all the same doubts and all the same issues that many people have. Um, so I do want to share a couple uh, great tools with you today, as well as just talk about kind of what's going on over here at the Kane Compound. Uh, speaking of the Kane Compound, we have a new visitor at the house, uh, Milu the Poodle, who was living with us for a little bit and recently found a permanent home is back for a week. So we have the little Chewini, the Chitarrier, and the little Poodle. So it's been really fun. I just brought him home and he's humping a stuffed animal and it's kind of creepy, but he likes to do it and I'm just going to let him be himself. <laughs> um, we've had two deaths. We've had two chickens die, you guys. Um, it's been kind of sad. I mean, how sad can it be? It's horrifying, obviously, but we've been through this before right? We've been through this before. Chickens do get eaten by raccoons. And that's exactly what happened this December. We lost um, Moxie, aka um, the Mox star, little black chicken. And we also, we lost our friend Loretta Lynn. Loretta never laid an egg once. And I have to tell you, Dr. Kane was very happy about Loretta's passing. I, on the other hand, also was kind of happy about it. Not happy, but at peace because I thought, you know what? This poor chicken, Reed has threatened to kill this chicken so many times because it does not carry its own weight around this ranch. So, you know, she went peacefully into that good night. I mean, how quickly could you, I mean, a raccoon, it's quick. It's a quick death. Okay. So Loretta, Moxie, rest in peace, girls. We were able to get two more chickens thanks to Dare to Dream Farms, whom I visited a couple years back and did a story for uh, Slow New Times um, about their farm and about their operation. Really cool place out in Longpoak, by the way. Um, as you're driving out towards the coast in Longpoak, you'll see all these gorgeous, like, just acres of flower fields. And I had heard that this was a thing out in Lompoc, but I'd never actually seen it with my own eyes. And now that spring is approaching, I mean, it's pretty damn near spring. It's almost March. Um, highly recommend just driving out there and looking at the flowers and going and saying hi to them. They did uh, bring two little girls to our house. So now we have Exine. <laughs> of course, I had to name her after um, one of my favorite, all-time favorite artists, um, Exine from the band X. And also a little red chicken with a little um, sort of um, uh, white kind of tail, like almost like a highlight, like a frosted highlight on her tail. And that is Wanda Jackson. So um, 
I just want to say, rest in peace, my dear little chickens. And, you know, it's never fun when you lose uh, a pet, um, an animal that you love. But at the same time, it's the circle of life. And, you know, we've been here. If you're going to have chickens, you better get used to a little bit of blood. That's all I got to say. There's blood in the eggs. There's <laughs> there's broken eggs. There's chicken shit. And there are dead chickens. So that's what's going on over here at the cane compound. Um, I wanted to let you guys know, also, we have some shows coming up. Ah, it's hot tea, hot tea. Um, we do have some shows. So we we haven't played a show, really, I mean, really, since November, since uh, L.A., since Harvard and Stone in L.A. So shocking, right? So we've just been focusing hardcore on creating this album, Cool Lame, um, Haley and the Crushers' second album, full-length album, and um, that's been a whole nother ball of wax. We'll get into that on the next episode. And I will share another sneak peek on um, one of our songs. Um, but we basically have a couple local California shows. And then we are we are flying this time up to um, Oregon and Washington to do a couple shows up there. Because let's face it, we love it up there. If you want to know about those dates coming up, you can go to www. Why do I always do that? Haleyandthecrushers.com. That's Haley with two Y's, H-A-Y-L-E-Y. Um, I'll let you know about a couple of them right now. Um, March 17th, we're in Ventura at the um, Ventura Garage with um, Autofix, um, Sweet Reaper, and Soul Hex. That's going to be so fun. It's, a, it's St. Patrick's Day. Um, March 23rd, we're in Aurora Grande for our friend's vintage scooter rally at Bill's Place in Aurora Grande with Bonbon, who is an all-girl group um, that plays sort of a 60s garage vibe music, um, a lot of instrumentals, really, really, really good musicians, really fun, fun music. Highly recommend that show. We're also going to be joined with locals Poncho and the Wizards and Melted from Long Beach, who I've heard a lot about. So that's going to be really, really fun. Um, that's a free show, by the way. Um, April 12th, we'll be in Paso Robles with our friends Fistfight on Ecstasy, who, <laughs> shout out to Fistfight on Ecstasy, the undead were supposed to play and, and headline, but they pulled out, apparently, this is rumor, uh, but apparently they pulled out because um, Ed, my friend Ed, who is the singer of Fistfight on Ecstasy, is just too sexy. So, you know, he's a bigger dude and he likes to take his clothes off and he's got chains and he's got these great tidy whitey underwears with like um, Trump's face on them. I mean, the fashion on this, this guy in fashion, he's like... He would be Lady Gaga in a different life, okay? He, he, that's his spirit animal, a punk rock Lady Gaga. So uh, he, comes, he comes dressed to impress. And um, yeah, we, we heard the grapevine that, that you know they think it's going to be some sort of Gigi Allen situation, which ironically, we played with the Murder Junkies, <laughs> uh, Gigi Allen's brother in that band at the same pizza place like many moons ago. And it was the most tame show you could ever imagine. Um, yeah. So that's funny. That's on April 12th. So come on down for that. We'll see who else is going to take um, a slot on that show. Um, we'll be in Portland on April 26th um, with Fire Nuns and also Piss Test. Two really cool bands. Fire Nuns kind of psychedelic, like rock, uh, but definitely high energy and kind of brutal. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe them. And um, Piss Test, which is like straight up late 70s early 80s just like punk aggression but like has great hooks i'm so excited to play with them um 
They seem really cool. And then we're going to be in Bellingham on the 27th with the, with Velachore, uh, which are lovely people who we have played with before. Um, and also the Wednesdays, which are a big uh, local band in Bellingham. Um, let's see, what's next? Oh, Seattle on the 28th with Baywitch, uh, which is, I feel like I have to, now I have to talk about every band that I'm playing with or else I'm going to like ignore one but they're all really good like this this last tour the six months ago awesome it was great it was awesome great bands i just don't know if they were all the best match but for this tour i feel like wow like speaking of what we're talking about today in terms of just like reaching out to people and just asking hey like will you help me will you play with me like people you admire i really really admire the bands on this um upcoming tour or mini tour if you will um, so Baywitch is sort of like a surfy, they call themselves a, a surf witch coven. <laughs> and um, they are really, really instrumental as well, but and, and kind of has like a cool ambiance, a cool kind of swagger. Um, they should be really um, interesting. And then we have Beverly Crusher, who we played with last time as well. And they're just like super ferocious, um, lots of guitar, lots of um, kind of reminiscent of like 70s, like, rock but not in the way you think um really really fun like cruise around in a beat up car kind of band um and that's gonna be amazing april 29th we have slow elk uh very experimental noisy punk band with horns (laughs) you have to hear them to understand that's just all i'm gonna say um bear axe who i have not played with yet but they seem extremely cool and artistic and weird and kind of have a soul edge to them uh, Razor Clam, another band that I'm not super aware about. Um, or maybe it's Razor Clam that's more soul. I don't know. They both seem really, really cool. Um, my friend Ernie put that together and I just trust his taste. So I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, we're going to have go-go dancers at that show. So if you are in Seattle on Sunday, April 29th, don't miss that one. There's going to be dancers. I've wanted dancers for years, like years. And we have a male dancer and a female dancer. And I have no idea what to expect, but I'm like salivating. I cannot wait to have dancers be part of the show. It's going to be super weird. I hope. <laughs> weird is good, people. May 15th will be at the Siren in Morro Bay, which is a phenomenal venue. I had no idea how cool it was. The sound is ridiculous. The stage is legit. It's like the old slow brew. I know everyone says shit like that, but it is. Um, Good Medicine put us on for that one with Los Kung Fu Monkeys out of LA. And um, yeah, so we're, we've got quite a few shows coming up. Uh, We spent a couple months just writing, recording all that stuff. And now it's time to like get in that mode of rocking out, which is weird. Like we had our first practice in a long time, um, like two weeks ago, and it was weird. I'm not going to lie. It was super weird. It sounded like three different people playing in three different bands. I was like fucking with my amp the whole time. I I just bought a new reverb pedal and I'm just like in my own little world trying to figure out why everything sounds so like dis- disjointed. Um, and that's just how it is. It's almost like it's kind of gross. Not gross, but like it's like, you know, if you haven't seen someone in a long time and then you make love to that person, it's going to take a minute to get used to it again. Like that sounds really weird, but you know what I mean? Like, or say you make a recipe and it's super rad and you don't make it for like three years. There's going to be, you're going to forget some salt and you're going to be like, why is this so bland? Oh wait, usually I put salt in this or, uh, Oh, I put too many eggs in the 
custard. I don't know. I've never made custard. Um, actually, that's a lie. I have made custard. Very bad, bad custard. I'm not very good at measuring things. I pretty much go by feel in terms of most things that I do. And um, with the band, it's the same way. So now we're back in action. We sound amazing. If I don't say so myself, um, very proud to be playing with Dr. Reed Kane and um, Gabriel Oliveria. And it's been a good a good comeback. So hopefully we'll see you when we play some of these shows. And with a, without further ado, oh, I do have one more comment. Sorry, this is a long-ass intro. Um, I am helping Dr. Reed Kane with another release that he's doing for his long-standing country band, Red Eye Junks. Red Eye Junction. This is his fifth or sixth release. I can't remember. He's got like a million CDs uh, or five or six of them, which feels like a lot. And I am helping him with his little, um, I think it's a six or seven song release. And I was sending out some press stuff um, when, and I used a uh, playlist via my SoundCloud because I have the premium SoundCloud um, membership. Uh, so I can have like multiple hours of me talking and blabbing and you have to pay for that. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll just put like a private link to a um, playlist and then I can send it out to different um, like, a pot, you know, there's like the um, the Spotify playlist gatekeepers and the algorithm keepers. And I mean, I just imagine all these people in hoodies in like some weird room behind a bunch of computer servers and they're like choosing which bands get to go to the front of the playlist and which ones get shared and which ones don't. And so I was trying to send stuff out to them and I put the the playlist as private, but apparently I have to put every song as private or it's going to upload into my RSS feed and become a Sparkle and Destroy podcast. So <laughs> I uploaded the playlist as private, but it did not end up that way. Um, each song was delivered into your inbox, um, into your uh, podcast player, wherever you get podcasts. I'm sure you got five episodes. I'm doing air quotes right here because those are not episodes of the podcast. Those were songs for Red Eye Junction that should not have been released ever. And they're awesome songs. I love these songs. I'm very proud of uh, Reed. But... That was a fuck up on my part and that's okay. Like that's what this whole podcast is about. We're not all professional all the time. We're not perfect all the time. You can hear my dogs clicking around in the background, humping and fighting and frolicking and that's okay. I'm cool with that. Um, And this episode today is like the perfect time to talk about this because when you're asking for what you want and you are uh, giving your art to somebody else and you're trying to give value to somebody else, it's not about like, I'm going to be a professional robot and like that's just not how anything gets done and it's just not a really it's not a good way to go around the world because as far as I'm concerned I may not get anywhere necessarily in life I may not end up in any quote-unquote successful place um, but I want to have a good time doing it I mean for me it's about the process it's about the people that I meet along the way it's about traveling and meeting awesome friends on the road meeting really interesting people that I'm inspired by and sharing some knowledge with them and vice versa. Like that's what it's about. So that's kind of how I approach uh, the practical aspects of being a DIY artist um, is with that in mind. So let's get into it. Da, 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 da. 
So asking for what you want can mean so many different things. It could mean asking for what you want from a friend or a partner. It could mean asking for what you want from your job. It could be asking for what you want from an artistic opportunity. Um, it could be any of those things. And I think that there's a lot of stigma surrounding asking for what you want, especially if you're a woman and especially if you're a woman artist, cause you're already feeling a little bit marginalized. You may be feeling a little weird. It's like when you go in the guitar shop and like the dude ignores you or, you know, you, the sound guy's like, Oh, are you like the girlfriend? Are you like the keyboard player? Whatever. Like that already fucks with your head. Right. So that's like the first stumbling block is like, okay, it's cool to ask for what I want. In fact, now, this is something you may not know if you're not doing this actively, but a couple years ago, I just decided if I wanted something, like, and I don't mean a greedy way, I mean, like, I want to play this festival, I want to meet this person, I want to interview this person, I want to have this experience, whatever that may be, I just said, fuck it, I'm just going to, before I start like creating drama in my mind about how I can't have it or like, oh, that's impossible or that person can do it because it's easy for them. I just decided, no, 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 no. I'm just going to ask for what I want first in a very chill way. And it's ridiculous how much my life has changed. Now, it doesn't mean that things are simple at all. And it doesn't mean you don't have to meet the world halfway, of course, but this is such a funny little thing that I find so many people don't do, especially women. Like, They'll be like, oh, I really want to do this showcase. And I'll say, oh, well, did you ask if you could do the showcase? And they'll go, oh, no, I just was waiting for someone to like pick me out of a crowd, like some teenager in a mall. And like, now you're a top model. Like Tyra Banks is not going to come out of the woodwork if you are a DIY artist and say, you, I want you. Not because you're not great, but because the whole concept of somebody giving you permission to do your art is so against any sort of punk rock or DIY artist principles. Like if you're living in that world, you're living in like the 90s because that was the last time that any sort of like higher up had anything to do with uh, your success. At this point with the internet and the way we are all able to communicate, it's on you. It's rad. Think about it. We have so much power to connect with each other, to help each other, to leverage what we have, to create a community around what we do. There's absolutely no reason to have this feeling of like, oh, well, I could never ask to do this thing I want because I have to wait for someone to like pick me or give me permission. Just get rid of that. A lot of artists have that idea. It's so antiquated and it bothers me so much because the people that you think are the gatekeepers, they know they don't know what they're doing either. They're all pretending to know what they're doing pretty much. We're all kind of pretending to know that we're in the right place. But of course, life is not like that. We're, there's no guarantee that any of us are in the right place. So basically, this is just a roundabout way of saying, get it through your head that you need to ask for what you want. And if that's not the first thing that you're doing, that's a problem. Now, there is a catch here, okay? Here's the catch. Say you ask for what you want and you don't get it. Don't cry about it. Don't freak out about it. It doesn't mean anything about you or your self-worth or your art or whatever it is that you want or your request. Instead of freaking out when you don't get what you want, just know that you can still have it. You can give it to yourself. Now, I'm going to give you a very good example. This is such a weird thing that happened to me in my life. So I was writing for a newspaper, like as a community 
journalist and I was doing a couple stories a week plus page layout plus uh, photography um, plus editing. Okay. I mean, this is like 2010. I mean, papers have been going downhill for a long time, but the particular paper I was at was not a very good position. Uh, I mean, I was doing a lot of work and learning a lot, which was actually really great, but my boss was a horrible, horrible person. Um, Just really, I mean, abusive in a real way. And um, I don't want to get too much into it here, but there were definitely problems with the situation at hand. And um, yeah, I, I, I knew that I wanted to write for this other publication, the one I write for now, uh, which is in um, San Luis Obispo, Slow New Times, which is a great alt-weekly paper that has a reputation for having teeth and reporting on stories that are controversial and uncovering you know, the truth, but also it has a great style and a great voice and it allows for that voice and that personality. And I have a lot of personality. So coming from a community journalism standpoint, that seemed really fun to me. So, and I just moved too slow. So I thought that'd be perfect. So I asked for what I wanted. I said, Hey, I want to write for you guys. And the editor at the time said, no, the managing editor said, Oh, that might be cool. You know, kind of gave me a little bit of a positive like vibe, but the, um, uh, the actual editor basically said, no, um, we, we just don't have room for you right now, whatever it was. No. And I could have freaked out. I could have just been like, well, I'll just go back to my old life and just do what you know, I normally do, even though it's you know, not what I want to be doing anymore and it doesn't make sense for me to commute. But instead, I just said, you know what? Cool, whatever. I had been doing a small music DIY zine in slow called Swap Zine, where I was doing these hand-stapled zines where I was interviewing local artists, local musicians, as a way to just get to know and appreciate the community that I was living in. I had come from LA and I was moving back to the central coast of California, and I wanted to get to know more people, and I wanted to be in the midst of different art. I just wanted to be in the mix, as they say. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep doing my zine. And I did keep doing my zine. And um, it's so funny because they took note of my zine and were like, oh, I'm going to do a story on you because you're doing this cool art zine. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. You can do a story on my, my zine, whatever. It's just like a little DIY shoestring thing. I had a couple ads here and there from like Boo Boo Records and like cool lo- local businesses would throw me down a couple dollars and I would support them. And um, yeah, so that went on for like two years. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do a story on spec. I'm just going to do a story. And I thought, okay, well, what's a good story? I, I basically decided I was going to write this, this story for New Times and just give it to them and just be like, you know, if I'm good and they like it, maybe I'll do something with it. Maybe not. But the whole point here is I did not just go, okay, well, they rejected me. No, I'm, I suck. And I'm going to just go back to my hole and my stupid job. I was just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, just write them a story. So I did. I wrote a piece and Lo and behold, I sent it to the um, managing editor who had given me a little bit of um, encouragement before. And she was like, hey, your story's on the front. It's going to be a cover story. And I, I, was like, I was like, what? You know, like 40,000 readers and a, a newspaper that I really respected growing up and I felt had a lot of um, like influence and value in the community was going to just put my story on the front page. Now, you have to understand, I didn't know that any of this was going to happen. I didn't expect any of it to happen. All I did was continue to do my thing in the face of no. I just said, okay, well, this is what I want. 
it's not happening right now. I'm going to continue doing what I do with pride. And then I'm going to over deliver and give, do another thing, not in a do this for me kind of way, but in a way of like, I'm giving to you. Here is a free article that I wrote that I think is good. That I worked really hard on and do with it what you will. Publish it, don't publish it, whatever. I had no expectations. I just gave to them. And the funniest thing happened. What I wanted happened. They hired me on. And that was a huge like bell in my head that went off. And I thought, oh my God, if I approach more things in my life the way that I approach this, who knows what could happen? And since that, I've given a lot of advice to my friends and other people and kind of used this example as a way to show like, there's absolutely no reason why you can't do exactly what you want to do, exactly when you want to do it, and continue to produce whatever work you want to produce, whether it's music, whether it's painting, whether it's writing. If you are a poet and you live in Kansas or Mexico or wherever you live in the world and you want to um, share your poetry with the world, you can create a, your own poetry journal. You can get other artists that, and writers that you feel are uh, up to snuff and you can put those in a collection and put them out into the world. And in fact, most of all of the great, you know, art waves in the world, whether it be like the beat poets um, or punk rock or other music waves have all come out of a community that supports each other and believes in what they're doing and elevates, uh, you know, obviously only a couple of the, the bands or writers or whomever kind of get lifted to the top. But it's really a testament to that community that they even got there. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, if you're part of something, something like that, that is so worth it. I mean, that is what it's all about to me. So that is, that is the part of asking for what you want that I think is really valuable. Make sure you're asking for what you want so that your intention is known. And that way you get asked to do that thing if your name comes up. And number two, meet the world halfway. In fact, meet the world more than halfway. Um, give yourself whatever validation you think you're going to get from the outside world. And believe me, the outside world will be like, hey, that person seems to be pretty like, you know, on their shit and like enjoying what they're doing. And that's intoxicating. And really, isn't that the end, you know, result we all want anyways? We just want to be happy and we want to feel like we're part of something. So there you go. Win-win. But we should talk a little bit about how you... Um, communicate with other artists and give to other artists and create that sense of camaraderie because it can be a little bit weird with the internet age, especially if you haven't really met these people face to face, like cold calling and cold emailing, which is essentially just sending off a communication without any sort of um, meeting, whether online or physical, that can be kind of intimidating and it can be kind of freaky. And I think for me, since I've had so many years interviewing people every single week and meeting strangers and walking up to strangers that I find interesting and just talking to them, I just don't have that barrier anymore. Um, I definitely respect people's space and respect what they're willing to share with me. But um, I feel like I have kind of a unique insight into how to approach people in a way where you're setting a good basis that's comfortable for both people and a way that you can create friendships instead of just these like transactional uh, situations. 
So that said, talking about how the internet and the wor- the way the world is now and how we can all communicate and get to know each other and share ideas, how do you go from having that desire to meet or connect with somebody um, or collaborate with somebody and actually doing it successfully? Now, I have, I mean, for every single um, show that I've booked, I've probably reached out to like 20 or 30 people um, from a different city um, and and gone from there. So, I mean, it's all about reaching out to people. You don't get anywhere by sitting alone in your room and just hoping that you're going to meet somebody that's going to be a great collaborator or a great friend or a great um, ally for your art. You have to really go out there and talk to people. And my ex- my advice is simply to just talk to people you admire, people you want in your life. Don't talk to people where you think, oh, I want something they have in my life. No, 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 no. Talk to people you want in your life. And by doing that, you're ensuring that no matter what happens, say you book a show in a different town and it sucks, it falls through, nothing, you know, nobody shows up, whatever. At least you made a really cool friend. This has been life-changing for me because I... Not that I ever had the other mindset, but the more that I started thinking about things holistically in terms of, okay, well, I'm an artist. This is my life. This is how much money I'm making. This is, um, th- these are the tours I'm able to go on. These are the things, the albums I'm able to do. I just don't look at it as a destination situation. Like there's no, there's no reason why you can't enjoy the journey and enjoy the people you're around. And I think a lot of times musicians and artists especially are trying to get somewhere. They're trying to get some sort of validation, uh, which brings me back to my first part. Ask for what you want and give yourself what you want if you know if you can do that. And I think we all can do that. So where was I? Oh, so the point of this is how do you communicate, connect, et cetera, with somebody in a real authentic way through the internet um, and, and become friends, become pen pals, become allies, become cohorts. First of all, like I said, pick people that you want in your life. You can tell what you want by what are they manifesting? Look at their lives. What do they have that you would like to have in your life? Everybody knows something that you don't know. And that's the most exciting and fascinating part for me is wondering, okay, what does this person know that I don't? And a lot of times it can be something super subtle that maybe you didn't expect them to reveal to you, but through having them in your life and learning from them and talking to them, you're going to learn so much. Um, Vice versa, you know stuff that they don't know. And by communicating and by working together, you guys can become better people, more knowledgeable people. Um, your contact list of who you know gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you feel proud of the people that you're surrounding yourself with or you're working with because you're not just going after this um, finite thing like, oh, I want this one showcase or this one award or I want this one record label or I want this one thing. Nothing that is this one thing is ever going to be satisfying because you're just going to want the next one thing. So better to just have a really fun time connect with people on an authentic level. I mean, practically, something that I would recommend is if you're out there trying to book in a different city, first of all, contact a band you like. (laughs) Listen to the band. Do you like them? Do they excite you? What do they sound like? Do they remind you of another band? Um, Email them and say, hey, I really like your band. Your band's awesome. 
I mean, how many times have I gotten emails from touring bands that are like, hey, uh, I, Googled you, I Googled your town and your name came up. Can you set something up for me? Nobody likes to feel like they're being used or stepped on. And I certainly don't want to do that to other people. So I try to reach out to bands I like, I think fit with our, our sound and who I would like to meet. And I'm just honest about it. And I think that's such an important thing in terms of the internet. We can all send a one sentence message to like 100 people in one day. But wouldn't it be better to send 10 messages to 10 people that are more thoughtful and really have meaning and could result in a lasting partnership? I mean, come on, we all have that power. And yet we're all stuck here with our phones, you know, with our one little emoji or our our like button or our comment. Oh, that's cool. Like, there's so many things in the world that are so much more nuanced than that. And yet they get reduced to this like tiny little interaction. And with follower counts and all that stuff, it can it can feel very transactional. I follow you, you follow me. I set up a show for you, you show, set up a show for me. But what's the point of this whole mindset if we don't respect and like each other? What's the point? What is the point? <laughs> so I, I hope this podcast just inspires you to read a little bit between the lines and to realize that it, there aren't just these gatekeepers in the world. Every single person you work with, from the sound guy to the bands you're playing with, to the people that show up to your show, to the person who made your flyer, or maybe you made your flyer. Maybe you it's the person at the copy shop where you printed your flyer. Maybe it's the promoter. Maybe it's um, the radio DJ. Whoever it is that you're interacting with, every single one of those people matters. And you should be thanking and getting to know every single one of those people. I find it sad sometimes when I think about how many sound engineers um, create these incredible albums and nobody knows their name, you know, or the person that actually brought the, t- the band from out of town into the small town. That person may have sent 200 emails and really tried hard to get that band to go through this little tiny podunk town. And then who shows up? 30 people show up. Friends are made at that show. The connections are made. And it really is that promoter, that person who really tried and really believed in the vision that you should be thinking. Um, we all need to realize that if we want to further our art and progress, we have to realize we're all part of a web. We're all part of a community. And if you don't see your community around you, it's because you're not looking, not because it's not there. I promise you that. And the more that I have gone to look for my allies around the world, France, New York, Canada, <laughs> Spain. I get emailed from emails from all over the place. And I think the reason I do is because I respond to every single one of those people graciously and with it, authentic curiosity, not just what can you do for me, but who are you? What is your life like? What is, ignites your passion? Who are you as a person? Um, and together we can create a place that feels less shitty than the way the internet normally feels because it's not about the internet it's about using the internet to meet people in real life who enrich our lives and who make the whole process of making art important because it's not about money it's not about fame it's not about prestige it's about the joy of making our art and sharing it with other people 
So I hope this podcast was helpful in that regard. I've been thinking about it for a long time, just these two concepts, asking for what you want and how to go about connecting. And I think that they could work for many different things, including romantic partnerships, friendships, professional work. I did give an example earlier about how I took an opportunity professionally by using these same principles. Um, so if you have any questions, you can always email me at sparkleanddestroypod at gmail.com. Next uh, episode, I will be going over another behind the scenes song from my new album and talking a little bit about that. I also have some um, great feminist interviews coming up. So I know that some of you really enjoyed the interviews that I was doing, and I now have a firm grasp on how to use Skype to record these interviews. Like I said, I'm always learning just like you are, and I'm getting better and better at this podcasting thing. So um, again, thanks for listening. You can find me at HaleyandTheCrushers.com. You can email me. You can find me on Instagram at HaleyandTheCrushers. And hopefully I'll see you out at some of these shows. Let's get in touch IRL in real life. Let's actually meet each other, (laughs) have a beer, have a laugh. And um, until then... Sparkle and destroy!